What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, you guys, to episode nine of What the Funk. We are talking about what to do when you are told that you're fine, but you still feel like ass. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely been there before. And if you're listening to this, you're probably either in the middle of it or you're on the other side of it and you're like going to be nodding along with this going. I am hearing what you're saying. Preach, girl, preach. So uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of story here. Um, so I remember being 23, 24 years old when this kind of all started going down. This is previous to my thyroid diagnosis, which I didn't actually get until I was 27. It took me four years to get a diagnosis for Hashimoto's. Um, and likewise, it took me 14 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis because that one's an even sometimes bigger bitch to manage when it comes to getting doctors to listen to you. And not just give you painkillers, but we're gonna save the endometriosis chat for another podcast about more about reproductive health. This one's gonna be a little bit more specifically on the thyroid side of things, that part of my journey. Um, but it does apply to any type of issue you might be suspecting you're dealing with, whether it's your thyroid, whether it's gut issues, whether it's um, PCOS or adenomyosis, um, anything like that. Um, so any kind of issue where you keep going to the doctor, you're having a lot of issues and you keep getting the same old song and dance and they tell you that you're fine. And I'm full disclosure, right? I'm not a doctor. I've never claimed to be a doctor. I, I don't know how to treat things from a Western medicine perspective. I'm not going to be able to write somebody a prescription, but what I do know is that while you and I are not doctors, we know our bodies pretty damn well. And so, you know, let's set the scene. So I'm 20, 23, 24. I'm otherwise very healthy. Never mind my shit relationship with food and body image. But at this point, you know, I'm working out consistently. I'm eating food, probably not enough nutrients at this point in time in my life because I was obsessed more with like, does it fit my macros versus the food quality? Um, And that's totally just on me being kind of an asshole. And also it, it, that was sort of the trend back in the day, I feel like in the early 2010s of, you know, does it fit your macros? But I was otherwise a healthy individual. And then one day I decided, you know, okay, we're going to fall asleep behind the wheel on the freeway and rear end somebody. Luckily, nobody got hurt. Nobody got injured. I mean, my back was a little bit messed up, but you know, nobody got hurt. Nobody got seriously injured. Um, but it was definitely a wake up call to things not being right. And that was kind of like the first sign that something was starting to go downhill. As the year kind of progressed, I continuously had more and more issues to the point where I was in so much pain with my abdomen and my stomach that I would end up in the emergency room because I couldn't function. I couldn't do things. I couldn't stand up straight. I couldn't, I couldn't even be at work even. And I was a teacher. And so this was a really big issue because, you know, if you're an educator or you have kids in school, like the kids are going to school, whether or not the teacher shows up. So that caused a lot of problems in my professional life too. Um, but 
I would go to the doctor, would go to the doctor, whether it was the emergency room or my, you know, general practitioner, and they would look at my blood work. I would tell them my symptoms. They would look at my blood work. I would go back in for my follow-up and they'd be like, well, you're fine. Fuck that shit. I was not fine. 23 years old, supposedly healthy. You're telling me I'm healthy. You're telling me I'm fine, but I'm in pain. I'm tired all the time. I'm crashing my car. Like there is nothing fine about that. And I was getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night. I was really good because I was a gym rat and I was like, oh, sleep. Got to get some sleep so I can recover and make those gains. Right, man. Okay. But still, I should not be getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night and then be falling asleep on my commute the next morning and crashing into somebody on the damn freeway. And I think that this is where there's a disconnect between Western medicine and the actual function of our bodies. And, you know, this is not to say that all doctors are bad. I actually know some really amazing medical providers. I'm actually in the process of just expanding my network, meeting other professionals within the industry, as well as medical providers to collaborate with, provide resources for, have them as a resource for my clients, support their patients when they need some different touch points in regards to fitness and nutrition that fits within the scope of their medical treatment for whatever it is that they're struggling with. And I, there is absolutely a time and a place. And, and really, I think everybody kind of needs like a village, to be honest. When you're struggling with something you need, you need a few different people in your corner. And a doctor is likely going to be one of those people. But that's not to say that just because they're a doctor, that they're the end all be all, just like because I am a coach doesn't mean that I am the end all be all, right? There's pieces to be had on other side that we can kind of complement each other with. And it's important as patients, for us as patients, to advocate for ourselves and to help ask the questions of, are you really looking at everything? Because this is typically what happens. I have... I, I do read lab work. I do work within lab work in the scope of let me look at your labs. Let me look at your symptoms and let me try to piece together the puzzle of what you're telling me is going on. What's going on under the hood? What is your doctor telling you? And like, there's a story there, right? There's an answer somewhere within all that information that you can then, I can then usually support my clients with, Hey, let's now go back. We're going to implement X, Y, Z on the lifestyle nutrition portion of things because this is what I'm seeing and this is what you're feeling. And then you're going to go back to the doctor and you're going to ask these questions because we need more answers, right? Again, that complimentary, we need, we need, we need to work with the medical provider, but they also need to work with us. And typically what I see with blood work is at, at best, at best, somebody's pulled a CBC panel, which is like your, you know, your overall blood cell count, your cholesterol, um, your, uh, TSH, maybe, maybe, maybe I do not always see this your vitamin D and your B12. And that's it. That's it. That's all. And now while that might seem like a lot, when we start to learn what the function of all of these things are and why we need to ask for maybe just a little bit more on our lab work, um, I'm going to tell you today some of the basics of what you should be asking for from your doctor when you're not feeling fine, or if they didn't pull these things and you're still having issues, pulling them again. Now, I'm going to, full disclosure, again, there's a lot of caveats to this one. Just because you ask for these levels doesn't mean that they're technically fine because there's a difference between a, a clinical level, a clinical range on a serum lab, which is blood work, and there's a difference between the optimal or functional range, which is going to have a little bit more variation. So you might be in range, quote unquote, in range on something, 
or one or two things, but like on the low end, right? But it's still in range, but you're showing symptoms of XYZ. For example, thyroid. Let's talk about thyroid first. A lot of times doctors will pull TSH or TSH and T4. There's actually six different labs you should be asking for. Um, TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone. This is your total thyroid function, friends. Um, this is going to be just giving sort of overall picture, but you could still have some dysfunction within your thyroid and have a normal or in-range TSH. It does not give the full picture. Then we have T4 and T3. T4 gets broken down into total T4 and then free T4. The free portion, okay, now T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone, must convert to T3. So free T4, right, not total T4, free T4 is the portion that's available to convert into T3. <laughs> and now T3 gets broken down into reverse T3 and free T3. That reverse T3 is the unusable or inactive portion of the active thyroid hormone. I know that sounds really screwy, but I'm going to explain it better here in just a moment. And that free T3 is the part that our body actually will be able to use optimally. Now, reverse T3 and free T3. Well, Elena, if T3 is the active portion, why is there an inactive port version of the active hormone? And this is what happens, is that just because T4 is converting into T3 doesn't mean that our body's going to get it all the way over to free T3 in the right ratios. And in addition to that, if we have issues with our lifestyle, poor sleep, poor stress management, lack of consistent exercise, lack of nutrient consumption, um, that free T3 is trying to make its way to receptors across our body. But if we're sort of more or less being assholes to ourselves and not covering some of the basics of lifestyle and stress management and exercise and nutrition, then guess who it's going to get there in its place, that reverse T3. So your body's receptors are essentially taking on its evil twin. <laughs> that evil twin is going to sit there and do jack shit. So that's thyroid. In addition to that, TPO antibodies is typically going to show signs of if there's any levels of autoimmune disease. So this is usually present in the sign of with, with Hashimoto's specifically that I see more often than not. Um, and it's important if you have Hashimoto's to continue to monitor those antibodies if they are present and you do get a diagnosis. And this is something I actually see a lot of resistance from, from a lot of medical professionals. I want to see what my TPO antibodies are doing because sometimes those antibodies will kick up if there's inflammation present before our TSH, T4, T3 starts to go bonkers. So watching those antibody levels will tell us if what we're doing truly is effective at reducing our autoimmune response to our lifestyle and choices. Okay. So that's why it's important. So that's on your thyroid. That's just your thyroid. Now, typically, like I said, you might get TSH or you might get nothing. <laughs> and then they tell you, well, you're fine. <laughs> so this is why it's really important to ask for the full gamut of things. A little more beneficial when you're asking for everything. If you have somebody like you know, shameless plug me that can help you kind of walk through it. And, you know, this is something that I do do for my clients and help decipher where these things are, what's presenting, why I'm seeing what I'm seeing based on also what somebody's biofeedback or symptoms might be. And then we go back to the doctor and it kind of goes in this circle, right? This medical advocacy, empowering yourself with this knowledge and understanding why your body's doing what it's doing. Okay. Then we got sex hormones. Uh, a lot of doctors won't look at this at all unless you ask for it. Um, so estradiol, which is the main form of estrogen, fun fact, if you listen to the hormonal birth control, uh, the, what your doctor didn't tell you about birth control episode that I did with Chris Alejandro, um, we talked about this a little bit. There's actually three different versions of estrogen, but in non-pregnant menstruating individuals, 
estradiol is going to be the main form of estrogen that we are identifying. In addition to, we want to look at FSH, which is um, follicular, follicular, <laughs> follicular stimulating hormone, and LH, which is luteinizing hormone, which directly correlate in men and women, guys, you got this too, in women to fertility, okay? And then progesterone, okay? And what we're looking at with this is, are we looking at any type of imbalance between your estradiol, your progesterone, looking at what part of your menstrual phase you're in, is your FSH and LH where it needs to be um, for ovulation and a healthy menstrual cycle to occur? Um, and then on top of that, also looking at testosterone. Similar, similar to your thyroid hormone, you've got total and free. So you have your total testosterone and then you have your free testosterone. Free is actually the portion that your body's going to use. Okay. So looking at both of those levels. And a lot of times what we're looking at, especially if somebody is presenting possibly with PCOS symptoms, and there's actually four different types of PCOS, we're looking at ratios between estradiol, FSH, LH, progesterone, and testosterone. Um, and, and then a couple other things too, but like, that's the basics that those are the first markers we're going to start looking at to try to identify what is going on within somebody's body. In addition to, again, what they're presenting with on a biomarker level, what are their actual symptoms? What are they feeling on a day-to-day -day basis? And this is where sometimes there's a disconnect within the medical community is that doctors, a lot of times will only look at the numbers. They don't look at the patient. Well, if your numbers are fine, then you must be fine. And then they just send you on your way but you're clearly not fine. Now, there's something really good happening within the medical community, and I'm seeing more and more medical professionals start to get this missing piece, right? Taking the facts that they know and applying it with a human touch, right? Bringing a little bit of humanity into the practice because knowing that somebody's feeling shitty and wanting to do something about it, and even if their labs are quote unquote normal, you need to look deeper right? It's, it's our responsibility when we're, we're trying to help people. And I say we're being, and I'm not a medical professional, but I do help with medical advocacy. I do help people utilize nutrition and movement, right? And how do I know all this stuff? I know what the impact of sleep, stress, nutrition, exercise is on all of these things. And even some functional supplementation to help balance things out, nutrient deficiencies, vitamins and minerals that we need to bring into the body to help minimize some of these imbalances that we might have that might be presenting either just in looking at somebody's symptoms, how they feel on a day-to-day -day basis, or based on what their labs are presenting with. And that can be a huge driving factor, right? Getting the labs is sort of like looking at what's under the hood, which is really great. Additionally, it's always good to look at glucose and insulin, right? We want to just check everything. A1C, um, which is going to be a marker for diabetes um, or pre-diabetic, um, you know, just to check those three. This can often be also really helpful if we're concerned with thyroid function or PCOS. Um, because insulin plays a big role in both thyroid and sex hormone production and balance. And then we want to look at cortisol, which is that stress hormone. We want to see what your fasted cortisol in the morning is, um, because that's going to tell us if we're a little high or if we're a little low. Um, and that's going to be an in indicator of potentially chronic stress. Now, does that one number give us the whole picture? No. Again, like I said, you have to look at what are the numbers saying and what is the client saying, right? What are you saying? What is your body telling you? Again, going back to episode nine, are you showing signs of hormone imbalance? If you're wired and tired, if you are having trouble falling asleep, if you're groggy all day long, or you're really struggling to wake up and be alert first thing in the morning, there's likely some dysfunction within your lifestyle and or cortisol levels that's going to be potentially showing up. And then looking at vitamin D, B12, folate, all those things are going to be definitely good. 
I, I find that vitamin D is usually the most helpful one. A lot of individuals are a little bit um, deficient in vitamin D. So utilizing a bit of a supplementation for that um, can be really beneficial. So that's a lot more than just like a CBC cholesterol, TSH, vitamin D, B12, right? There's a lot more to the picture. So now how do you ask your doctor for these things? Okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of a script to follow. If you get into that appointment and your doctor is telling you that you're fine, but you don't feel fine. And you're going to say, I understand that the labs that you have pulled currently are showing in range. However, I'm interested to find out more about what my sex, adrenal, and hormone levels are, and I would like to look at more levels. I would like to also compare to see if my symptoms align with anything that might be out of range for optimal levels, not just the clinical levels. Okay. So asking for, I understand that we've pulled this. I still don't feel good and I'm not fine. I would like to have a deeper look at what my body is doing within my sex hormones, my thyroid function, and my adrenal function. And I would like to look at what the functional or optimal levels are, where they should be, and compare them to the symptoms that I'm experiencing. Okay? Now, if your doctor says no, you have a couple options. There are ways to get this lab work without going through a doctor. But again, that's really only going to benefit you if you have a coach, right? Somebody that you can work with that will help, or you get a new doctor that's going to pull these things for you and look a little bit deeper. Um, I do know some medical providers that do work virtually. So regardless of where you are in the United States, you would be able to get support from them. And I know that they're, they're very much in line with similar values that I have of it's important to treat the whole person, not just the numbers, right? We can't just treat the labs. We have to treat the patient. We have to treat the person. We have to treat the lifestyle in order to get from point A to point B and feel good because that's important to feel good. Like life's life's too short, but life's also too long to feel like shit, right? I say it in the podcast intro. Like we just, we don't get enough time to feel like shit, but our entire lives is too long to waste feeling horribly um, on a day-to-day basis when it might just be a matter of advocating for yourself a little bit more intently and even investing in support or getting a new medical provider who is going to listen. And I do know, unfortunately, that there are doctors that don't do this. I've had some clients that they come back to me and they tell me my doctor literally rolled their eyes at me in my appointment when I asked if they would draw like a TSH, T4, T3, like total thyroid panel. And I'm like, really? Or if they asked for, you know, updated sex hormone panels three months after getting off of birth control, their doctor rolls their eyes at them and calls them crazy. Well, I think it's important to check those levels, but you know, three to four months after you get off birth control, just to make sure that things are starting to swing in the right direction and that they're doing what you need to do, that we really truly are reestablishing, establishing, you know, ovulation and healthy ratios between estradiol and progesterone and testosterone after being on birth control, right? Those things are important that for somebody with Hashimoto's, for them to see if they're triggering any levels of autoimmunity or autoimmune response within their body by checking those antibody levels on a six-month basis. We should be allowed to do that. So there are places where you can get these labs, purchase a requisition, go into a lab, get the lab drawn, and have the results emailed directly to you. And then you can take those to your coach or your doctor and say, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. Now, again, 
being aware that just because you get the fancy labs and all the lab work, you have to be able to decipher it and put it all together. And this is where the support of a, a professional, either with somebody like me who works within functional nutrition and the realm of keeping the body sort of in that homeostasis through movement and nutrition, better yet, a coach and a doctor, right? And a doctor, we want to work as a team together to make sure that we're really truly getting you from point A to point B. So that's what you do when the doctor tells you you're fine, but you're not feeling fine. You advocate for yourself. You ask for more questions. You ask for more labs. You ask more questions. And if you need to, you find somebody else who is going to help you get to the bottom. If your doctor writes you off or um, tells you that it's not necessary, that's medical gaslighting, friends. That is medical gaslighting. That is me going into the ER on a level 10 pain, vomiting from the pain, being told that I'm fine. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is somebody who is having a lot of hair thinning, hair loss, brain fog, fatigue, gut issues, going into the doctor, trying to figure out what's going on, being told that they're fine, but they're not. Do not allow yourself to be gaslighted by your medical provider and keep advocating for yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording here. This is about 20-ish minutes on this topic, but hopefully this was enough um, I will definitely drop these recommendations in the show notes so that you know what to ask for. Um, but I hope that this was helpful for you. And if you do have any questions on any of this, wow, this got really serious, you guys. Do you have any questions on this? My DMs are open. My DMs are open. You can you can message me. I actually do respond to people, okay? Um, I do respond to people. <laughs> I answer their questions, you know, as much as I can. If you're not my client, it's a little bit tricky sometimes to get into some things, but I will do as much as I can with, you know, the basic knowledge that I have um, for you to hopefully at least nudge you in the right direction, especially if you're not sure, or if you're one of those people that might be looking for a referral for a virtual provider um, that will be a little bit more receptive to digging a little bit deeper into what might actually be going on. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and hop off. It is now 940 at night. This is the second podcast I recorded this evening. It's time for me to get ready for bed, you guys, because sleep quality and sleep is important. So I hope that you guys get a good night's rest too. Um, if you're listening to the evening and if it's in the morning, good morning, if it's in the middle of the day, I hope you're having a wonderful day and I'll see you guys next time here on the what the funk podcast. Thank you so much for being here today on what the funk. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And let me ask you really quick, are you ready to beat bloat? Because I have a beat the bloat masterclass where we talk all things gut health, digestive issues, and strategies, real life strategies that you can implement immediately in addition to supportive worksheets and workbooks that will help you get from point A to point B with the bloating and beating it. So make sure to check that out in the show notes down below. And let me know if you have any questions. If you do listen to the podcast, please go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I'd love to hear what you think and what do you want to hear on What the Funk? Thanks so much for being here. Talk to you guys soon.